Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, May the 10th. And welcome to our commentary. If you will allow me a little personal commentary here. Uh, My mother, who passed away two years ago, would have been 94 today. So I just wanted to wish my mom up in heaven a happy number 94. Uh, She lived a wonderful, a very long life at 92 years old. And, uh, you know, we were so, so blessed that we had her as long as we did. So happy birthday to my mother up in heaven. I hope she likes my commentary today. I think she used to like them. She used to listen to them. Uh, Most of the time she used to like them. So I'm pretty sure she's going to like the one today. So happy birthday uh, to my wonderful mother up in heaven. Well, the big story today, the big story today is the inflation news came out. And let's just uh, give you the headline. The headline is that uh, the headline is that inflation inflation is not going down in the near term. Um, and what's interesting about the inflation figures, and I've got a post uh, coming out about this uh, Thursday morning. What's interesting about the inflation figures is that that they they really show the disconnect, I think, between the official figure and the inflation that people are paying. For example, the official figure, I think it's like 4.5% or something like that, which is a lot higher than it should be. It should be around 2, but it's up uh, between 4 and 5. But when you break it down, you know, when you start looking down at all of the different, uh, you know, all of the different, uh, i got to turn off my phone here, make sure that uh, it doesn't interrupt me when I'm talking. When you look at uh, all the different things that, that people spend money on, eggs, you know, automobile repairs, food, uh, the stuff that you you spend money on every single day. When you look at those figures, those figures are really high. And this is the problem uh, with inflation, that inflation is just more than a a figure. Inflation is your daily life and the things that you spend money on. So what happens now? Well, I guess we will hear from the Biden administration sometime today that uh, things are just fine. They're just fine. But I think most Americans will react to it uh, a little cynically, to say the least. The other thing that is going to happen now, of course, is that interest rates will likely go up again. And that uh, will have an impact on the economy, especially as we're looking at 2024. These interest rates take a little time before they start really hitting the economy. And, of course, the interest rates are going to impact the price of a mortgage or the cost of a mortgage the cost of an automobile, and just about any other loan that you have to uh, that you have to take, particularly business loans that many companies have to take out. So the news about inflation was not good today, was not good today, and that's, uh, that's a bad thing. I've got a post over at the American Thinker. I'm going to suggest that you check it out, and it's a post about Mexico and China. You know, uh, for some time, the United States has been accusing China of sending fentanyl to Mexico, where it either gets processed or is sent to to the United States. Well, the government of Mexico made an important announcement uh, in the last few days, and that is that they confirmed that uh, fentanyl is indeed coming into Mexico, headed for 
the United States. Now, it doesn't always go directly to the United States because I think it goes to different labs that they have or, you know, different centers where they process the, the fentanyl. But the fact that the Mexican government has acknowledged this is pretty important, to say the least. And the president of Mexico, who's been avoiding this issue uh, quite a bit, basically saying, hey, look, you know, the drug problem is your problem up in the United States. Don't blame us. Well, the president of Mexico is now asking the Chinese for an explanation as to what exactly, you know, why, why is this stuff coming? Because the reason it's going into Mexico is because there's a border, an open border, unfortunately, right now. And Mexico is next to the United States. I mean, obviously, they're bringing the fentanyl to the market or the customer who happens to be in the United States. And Mexico is the avenue if you will, to uh, to make this happen. So that's a big story. It's a big story because it's a big admission on the part of the Mexican government that China is indeed using their territory to traffic fentanyl. What impact is this all going to have? I don't know, because we have to have a president who can confront Mexico and especially China over something like this. And so far, we don't have that. Unfortunately, we won't have that. But this is a big issue, I think, and should be should be a huge issue in the next presidential campaign. We should be talking about this in the next presidential campaign and the role of China, which, of course, uh, I think will be a big issue in the next uh, presidential campaign. Because if nothing else, I think whoever the Republican candidate is, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whatever the combination is, I think we'll be bringing it up. And that is the threat that China represents to American interest. You look at look at the way China is operating right now, cutting deals with Brazil to eliminate the dollar from their trade deals, uh, going around the world and you know gaining influence in in many third world countries. That that is all coming at the expense of the United States. So China is kind of taking advantage of the what they see as the weakness in the Oval Office. And they're expanding and growing in pretty uh, significant uh, ways. So I'm glad that the president of Mexico has confirmed that China is doing this. I don't know what he's going to do. Frankly, I don't know what he can do, what options he has uh, to control the problem. Because if, you know, if, if uh, China is putting fentanyl in the hands of uh, smugglers or drug dealers or whatever, or drug cartels or whatever in Mexico, that creates a problem for Mexico, too, because those are criminal elements within the country who are probably corrupting the police and corrupting, uh, you know, other elements of the Mexican government. So it's not just the fentanyl coming to the United States. That's pretty bad. It's the infrastructure that the criminal elements have created in Mexico to receive, process and send uh, the fentanyl to the United States. So this is uh, I'm glad that the president of Mexico has admitted this problem. Now we got to sit down with him and see, you know, what are we going to do about it? We can't just talk about this. This is a major threat to obviously the United States and to Mexico itself, to Mexico itself being used as, uh, if you will, the operational uh, base for this type of fentanyl trafficking. It's not a good situation for, for Mexico either. Well, let's talk a little bit about California. You know, you have heard, I'm sure, that... Uh, they're going to be doing some reparations out in California, and there was a task force that recommended so many millions and millions of dollars to people who 
I guess, could prove that they were slaves because California was not a slave state. So it, it didn't happen in California. So I guess it would apply to people who didn't live in California. I guess that's what this would apply for. Uh, they would have to prove, of course, that they are, were, in fact, relatives of American slaves. How, how you do that, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what kind of records that you, you would have to put up to prove that. But all of this uh, was, um, you know, a, a, a story. But the governor now, the governor of California, who's probably going to be running for president if, uh, if Joe Biden drops out, or maybe I should say when Joe Biden drops out, the governor of California has sort of stopped it. He's not saying no, but he's sort of saying not now. Oh, we have other ways of solving this problem. The issue in California is that they really don't have the money. That's what the real problem is, because the cost of reparations would be billions of dollars. I mean, it would break the bank of the California government. They don't have the money to satisfy all the claims. And worse than that, right now, the state of California has a huge deficit. They got to cut the deficit or reduce the deficit, you know, they got to balance the books and they're like $30 billion in the hole. So probably not a good time to be sending out checks to people when they're going to have to be cutting spending, uh, cutting the size of government or raising taxes in California. So the governor, the governor is sort of dancing around this issue. Uh, he's trying to say, you know, I, I understand it. I'm for the idea, but uh, I don't like to send you a check. It's kind of a, you know, it's it's a, um, it's hard to describe the, it's kind of a weak position on the part of the governor because he was for it. I guess now he's against it that he's got the right to check. But it really shows you the insanity, I think, of this whole thing. This whole reparations thing is insane. Um, I mean, that people need to get over this. I mean, the fact is that to punish people country now who are living in California now for things that were done 200 years ago, 300 years ago, and what about the people from Asia? There's a large population of Asians and Indians, uh, Indian Americans uh, like that in, in California, the big Hispanic population in California. I guess they're going to pay for this. Popular. Or they're not too pleased with the fact they're going to have to be the ones paying this. So it's a whole And it's a mess that California has created. Now that they're going to have to deliver on the promise, don't expect, uh, don't expect a lot of happy people in, in California about this on this day in history a quick uh, reminder 1940 prime minister winston churchill winston churchill became the prime minister of the uk this was of course a few days after uh, the attacks of the battle of britain and he became of course the prime minister of the uk during world war ii and he was a great leader uh, a great man of the 20th century of course he was defeated this is the amazing story he was defeated shortly after the war ended and then came back uh, later, later to uh, be prime minister again. A lot of people have used the Churchill example as something that uh, Trump could follow uh, if he runs in 2024. I should say when he runs in 2024, in the sense that Churchill came back, and he basically came back by telling people, "Look, you know, I did a good job the first time. Bring me back the second time." And they did. They brought him back uh, the second time. So Winston Churchill became prime minister. Okay, on this day in 1940. Again, happy birthday to my mom up in heaven. You have a wonderful day, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk. Bye-bye.